0: Hello and welcome to daily conference for entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, and today we're going to talk about how to be confident on live video, which is a very important topic. We're going to talk about some technicalities of how to go live, how to go use the video um, as a marketing tool, how to how to develop and increase your confidence on camera, especially live, just like the one that you're watching right now. And it is going to be an interesting and very sought after um, topic because in my experience a lot of people have uh issues going live or they don't like to appear on video especially live my my guest today is charlene tessier welcome charlene hello thank Good you Good to see you so a couple of uh side notes um the um confidence giveaway is coming up in november that's where you're gonna see uh gifts that will help you boost your confidence in different areas of business so the confidence giveaway is coming up uh we do this twice a year and it's going to be during the week of november 15th to 20th this year um if you as usual please make sure to like and subscribe to whichever channel you're watching if you have any questions leave a comment and tell us uh, about your experience with what we're talking about if you Have a friend or know someone that could benefit from uh, boosting their confidence on live stream or camera, tag them in a comment. Make sure they get to watch this very interesting conversation as topic because it could help them. It could help their business and uh, with a lot of different aspects of the business and uh, make sure to follow us on whichever the platform and subscribe and the rest of the goodies that come along. Now, let me introduce Charlene and uh, and then we will dig into a very interesting conversation as a Canadian living in Germany running a successful location independent business uh, Charlene has been uh, uh, dreaming uh, and has been uh, has been dreaming uh, about going live and using the videos little did she know it would be one of the most difficult but also the most rewarding journeys she could have gone on in less than 18 months. Charlene turned around her failing online business into a thriving success. What made this change possible? You would ask 75 and counting live streams and six place live virtual events. With 10 plus years of business experience, Charlene helps online entrepreneurs use live streaming and virtual events to attract hundreds. 100 idea clients to the list list welcome charlene
1: thanks thanks for having me here mustafa
0: great to see you so uh you're in germany
1: yes it's very late
0: what time (laughs) is it there right now
1: right now it's 10 30 at night
0: oh my god what's the weather like right now is it getting cold
1: it is Cold, yes, it's uh very much like winter. It's like one degree right now outside it would be. And it only gets yep. up to like 12 or so. It's probably very similar to you, actually, in Alberta. It's yeah. very similar. Yeah,
0: it's about, it was about a degree or two um, um, this morning. Uh, and It's it, it's getting cold. We're getting into winter yes. in Alberta here. That's what it's like. So we're talking about how to be confident on uh, live video and in, on video in general. So Charlene, what's your story? How did you get into doing what you're doing now?
1: All right. So a lot of uh, when I started out, my business actually was in Canada. It was offline business. Um, and it was a bookkeeping business in Vancouver, actually. And uh, after I had my daughter, um I wanted to move my business online so I have flexibility, you know, living the dream kind of lifestyle of having this business where you didn't have to, you know, be in a physical location. And my husband, who happens to be German, that's why I'm in Germany, uh, actually got a job opportunity here in Berlin that he really wanted to be a part of. And so we moved here when she was 18 months old. And it was um, quite an awakening of learning. I thought, you know, I already had a quite successful offline business and i thought moving online how hard could it be and also i had a business degree so i thought you know this should be really <laughs> piece of cake and for two years the first two years while i was here it was uh, really a disaster it was i just could not get traction i couldn't replicate um what i did offline which was a lot of like these physical events physical meetups i ran tons of or organizing tons of things like that and actually, when COVID hit, I was really in my lowest point. And I thought at the beginning of the COVID that my business was going to be completely closed down after this because it wasn't really doing that well. And now this is just, you know, amplifying that. So I went to a mastermind and that's where entrepreneurs go to help you solve your like greatest challenge. And my greatest challenge, I said to them, was that I needed to build my list. I needed to um, uh, find more partners. And I also needed to most importantly, talk to my customers directly to find out what is it the problems that they're having so I can actually present a very um, useful solution to them. So they suggested do a virtual summit. And I'd heard about this, but I had never done it before. And I kind of thought, you know what, if I'm just going to go down in a blaze, I'm just going to hurry up and do it. So I gave myself three week timeline, three weeks, and I pulled off two and a half, two day, half, each half day, six hours a day with six um, panel experts. And I rallied all my my cold list. I had a cold list of 50 people to try to help me market this event. And I was actually surprised that on every session there was around 10 or so people showed up live, which for me was like a shocking amazement because I thought nobody would actually show up first of all, cause it was live. So that's like even, you know, double scary. And, uh, I thought like, who's going to come to this and that kind of set me on my journey. Actually, it helped me to start talking directly to my customer through these events And then later, I wanted to actually be able to reach a wider audience in a much more quicker manner. And that ended up being live stream because live stream, the reach on social is so much greater. It's not saying you can't have the um, intimacy and the experience of a, you know, Zoom call that is a slightly different experience. You can still have that. But with live stream, I've just been able to really, like I said, do so many more live streams because of the flexibility of it
0: very nice very nice yeah a lot of a lot of um uh, businesses had difficulty um at the beginning during and even uh, as we we're experiencing COVID. so uh, it's it's uh, inspiring to to see that you actually not only survived but you thrived during this time over the past almost couple of years now Mm -hmm. And so what do you do now and who do you serve?
1: So I really focus on the LinkedIn platform. Um, It's the place I've been for a a really long time, actually over a decade producing content there. And um, when LinkedIn live kind of came out, I I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that. And so I decided, yeah, I'm going to kind of double down on video and double down on LinkedIn platform. So I really help entrepreneurs who want to develop a LinkedIn strategy to reach their first hundred fans and, um, fill out their courses, programs or virtual events. Very nice.
0: So for people that want to start with live streaming, where do you figure is the best place to start?
1: Uh, Facebook is a good place. Um, because it's free, you can just do it right away and YouTube LinkedIn, uh, a lot of people don't know, but you actually have to get accepted. And so there's a process that has to be done to kind of get into that and there is a way to do it, but uh, it's not a given. So if you just want to get started, you just want to try it out. just go on Facebook, go on YouTube, you just hit that button really and just go live instantly.
0: I know that when I when uh, I really I was bugging LinkedIn for a while to get access to the live uh, feature. Um, I probably filled out a hundred applications to do it.
1: <laughs> well, don't feel bad. I was rejected as well, first time. I think everybody's rejected the first time, to be honest. At least yeah. once. At least once. I don't, we don't know there who's sitting in the office to sign that, but it seems like ever they just uh, blatantly reject everybody the first time. It just seems to be
0: there. No, mine got rejected probably ten or twenty times. <laughs> I was like for a while i was filling out an application every day and then um because uh yeah we have a we have a bigger audience on linkedin as well and i'm like I need, I need this i want this and uh, we were like we're going live with this show and i want i want it to go live and so they kept saying you don't qualify i'm like are you serious why not <laughs> so <laughs> i kept going until until one day they're like okay let's just just give it to him yeah, out of our-
1: <laughs> that's you know that is part of it. I mean, I think video is part of that too. Like you just going live, just or making video. The the people who do it, the reason they are kind of on the top of the creme de creme is because they they just do it, and yeah, they know maybe it's going to be a flop that day, or maybe it didn't turn out. But the persistence really actually does um, make a huge difference in terms of Absolutely. who's going to float up to the top.
0: It pays off for sure persistence in the right direction pays off (laughs) persistence in the wrong direction probably doesn't pay off um that's a different discussion for another day so these days a lot of people are working from home um and we've been forced by covid to work from home what do you figure is the best way to work and go live with the distractions that we have such as animals and pets and kids and all sorts of distractions that we have
1: yeah so a lot of people ask me they think that well, i am somewhat fortunate because i do it at night after my young daughter she's five now goes to bed but i do sometimes stream when she's awake unfortunately i used to stream stream which was the worst time when was just before bedtime when she always usually have a meltdown outside the door um because she wants to see mommy to go to bed so i did a few things to kind of <laughs> improve that try to pick a time where your partner or it's not the worst time of the day you know where you know the kids is in, in probably in a better mood to stream the other thing you can do is get a, I, I a, a one directional this is a lapels also one, so it can really only pick up my voice so often she has been screaming outside the door and people didn't really really hear it's pretty low sound so um that's also good for if you have pets um dogs and stuff like that uh you know having them in another room but if they can still pick up the noise um if you have the wrong kind of mic which is the kind of multi-directional mic that picks up all the sound that is kind of the worst also again because sometimes i have the window open you have in the summer, we don't have AC here, so you get a lot of street noise. And so by having the right kind of equipment, that definitely helps as well as kind of the timing. But um, yeah, that would be one of my main tips.
0: And I think these days, people are used to working from home. And if there is a bit of noise behind you, you're not gonna to get torn apart by other people saying, oh my God, I can't believe there was noise behind you. Cause we're all working from home. I mean, I have, I have two kids. When I'm, when I'm going live, I just go, before I go live, I go upstairs and let my wife know that I am going live. And I let my ye- older son know that I'm going live and please don't scream while I'm live. <laughs> but then from time to time, they show up on the steps here and they're like, daddy, 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 I want this. I want that or see this and that. And it happens unless I actually cha- I put a lock on my door. So that they don't just storm in and you know <laughs> express their love unannounced when I'm going when I'm live, you know. But, but. but you
1: know, live is that's what you get when it's live, it's very authentic. I mean, this isn't I mean, if I did it record, if you did it record, of course we could have cut it or did another take, and so it always looks like a perfect video, but then it's not really live. And so I, I in a way I I find live is it's got this authentic charm that you can't have with a recorded video, unless you, even if you do one take often, you'll be like, Oh, it's bad. So you'll do it again.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So speaking of distractions, what is, what's your advice for people that let's say that you screw up, um, something as a matter of fact, I apologize, but I screwed up the beginning of your intro yeah. and, and then i and then i moved on so what's your what's your what's your um advice for people that something goes wrong maybe you say something wrong maybe something happens your kid walks in your bark your dog jumps on your lap and it starts i don't know licking your face or something what would you do what's your best advice for that
1: <laughs> well there's a if you fumble it in the live stream that is not I feel that's, you know, it's okay. It's something that probably you want to take note of next time. Maybe you want to um, do a few pre-rehearsals before you go live, um, have a few bullet points available so you're not trying to, you know, memorize a script or whatever. So that I think, you know, when you're going live, It's often not scripted. I don't believe you're scripted, Mustafa. I don't like it when I see people live stream who are scripted. I think like, why don't you just do a recorded video if you're just going to read the script? That's not very authentic. So, you know, usually just have some bullet points and it's through practice and rehearsal really is how you get good at that. If you happen to have a, a huge disaster, which happened to me one time was the doorbell was ringing for the Amazon package guy and I really needed the package and my husband wasn't home to get it and I was like in the middle of a live i actually just said to the audience i gotta go get the package and i ended the stream i grabbed the package and you can actually delete the stream you can go back oh to linkedin God and delete it and then go live again i mean but if you have a super big audience um who's live with you on the show that might not work um if you don't have too many people on the call you can kind of say "Oh, i'll just be right back um but that's kind of one of the like you said you can't control it all it's it is live so
0: yeah and 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 i think um Just like you said, if you just keep your cool and and play along and don't make a big deal out of it, don't freak out like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened, right? Because you're live and people are watching. Like, when was it? A couple of weeks ago, I was live and through the window, the light was shining on my face and on my background, and it was not good. So I'm like, gang, hold on a second. I need to close the window here. I actually walked uh, off camera and like for like a second, closed the window, set it up, and came back. So it was not the end of the world.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. So,
0: <laughs> is consistency a thing with live videos? Do we need to be consistent? And if so, how do we become consistent in, in the live streaming?
1: Yeah, for if you wanna build an audience who's gonna show up for you for your show, that's on a regular day and time, uh, then being there, on that day and time when you say you're going to be there helps you to build your audience if you surprise announce your live streams or don't give them enough notice it's very difficult so that's why consistency is really key for building up um, whether it's on linkedin even in youtube um, you can get huge audience coming live but they have to know that your show is running on a specific day and time in a very consistent manner for them to pick up on it. Uh, The other reason I really recommend consistency is that it's very good for the LinkedIn algorithm for sharing your content. If you do it on a very consistent schedule, LinkedIn really likes that. Um, The algorithm does. Uh, Also, if you want to get onto LinkedIn Live, that is another kind of factor they sort of look at. Like, are you producing like a machine? (laughs) So fortunately to say, on a very consistent basis, showing up for your audience is what they want to see.
0: Love it. Love it. So if you're more consistent, obviously LinkedIn likes that more than people that go live or post like once in a blue moon. And
1: Yeah. I think on Facebook, that's quite YouTube. It's usually very scheduled because that's just the nature of YouTubers. And unfortunately, Facebook people, when I hear about them going Facebook, they just hit live. Like, I, I feel like going live right now. And then they just go live. This is like, there's no pre- Schedule, but on LinkedIn, people generally do schedule it out. Um, but I, I, I find that your result isn't as good if you're just kind of inconsistent and in all over the place.
0: Absolutely. Um, how, how can people be more confident when they are going on video or live? I know people, when you ask them to, um, go on video, they have a hard time. They're not used to it, especially when you tell them to go on a live video. That's a whole new level of um, fear. I know when I, the first few times when I went live on Facebook or LinkedIn and here and there, I was scared. And I'm not the scared type, but I was, I was concerned where I was like, oh my God, I have 7,000 followers on LinkedIn. They're gonna see me. What's gonna happen, and 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 the rest of it. So, what what are you? What are your tips for becoming confident for going on video and live live video on yeah. social media?
1: I think it's normal that everybody who starts out is freaked out of video. I started out that journey as well. Like I was not a, originally a video content creator. I actually tried to start out with YouTube recorded video as my main content channel because I didn't like writing blog blog form blog posts. And I actually produced like over 20 YouTube videos that I never released, still sitting in the unlisted, nobody's ever going to see them because I didn't, no matter how many takes I did, I was really not happy at how I looked, how I presented myself, um, and I wasn't confident. I was just like you, I think everybody's, and you know, even me when originally I did not go live, um, I didn't start out live stream to be honest, um, I did in the past though, to be honest, did a lot of stage and I had um, like groups, I was organized as a big groups where I just spoke in person. And and I find that's actually different and easier than video. (laughs) Um, But I found I actually gained my confidence in these uh, virtual summits or when I had these Zoom events with uh, audience of faces that I could actually see. And I was kind of surprised how people really resonated with me. And I um, found out, okay, actually, you know, uh, I can do this on live. Um, there are a few things you have to learn to come across on live as a very person, very personable. And that's also takes practice. Uh, it's not something I I had to learn, to be honest. I don't know about- Can you, you share a couple of those with us? Yeah. So uh, one of the things I had to learn is- um, first one was I speak to a very specific person. Not, I mean, some people call that the customer avatar or whatever. I call it audience member, and it is actually a person that I, I speak to on a very regular basis as if I'm having a cup of coffee with them. So that's it envisioned in my mind. I actually have a picture of them, um, usually behind the cameras. And when I write any copy, when I write live streams, I'm really writing to that one individual. That helps to make it um, a little bit less scary because you're talking to them. Um, Practicing, essentially talking into the lens of the camera, not talking into the screen is very hard to do, but um, again, having that, that person, that audience uh, helps you with that. And so those were the two main skills that I um, really used to start building my confidence on video.
0: Love it. So talking to a specific person and that's when you're doing a solo, right? Not an interview like this.
1: That's right. Because I do do some interviews, of course, interviews, it's nice. It's a nice way also to get, actually, I did mostly interviews when I first started live streams because it was a lot like more lightweight in terms of work. Um, I didn't have to produce the content myself and it was having conversation, like you said, and that's also a really great way. But some people complain, I don't know who to interview, who's going to come on my show. And so they want to do solo. And so if you start with solo, then um, speak to an audience member helps.
0: Absolutely. So when you're doing a solo, you talked about putting their picture in front of you, right, talking to a specific person. Yeah, I love that. I, I think I heard Tim Ferriss talking about how he wrote his book, and uh, The 4-Hour Workweek. He wrote it for a very specific person. And um, that's part of why he became very successful. Mm-hmm. And um, he didn't try to convince and, and please everybody out there. Yes, I I really like that idea.
1: Well, especially if you want the videos, the feedback I get a lot from my live stream videos is that um, when the person eventually meets me, because I haven't met them, right? There's, I don't know who's like a bunch of people are just watching here right now. And then eventually they may get on a call with me or meet me in a, you know, my event and they will say to me, oh, uh, you know, I feel like I already know you. It's, it's like, it's like, I just know you it's because the way I deliver it is like, I'm talking directly to one. I'm, I never use the voice of many, even though this is to a many channel, I'm always talking to the voice of one. And when you speak to a singular person um, you have, you start building a really direct relationship with that.
0: Love it. And K says it's definitely a process. Great tips. Thanks for sharing now gang if you're watching or listening if you have any questions please make sure you put them in a comment on any live show and or after the show is over you can still post your questions comments um in the as a comment uh, on any platform that you're watching mm-hmm. um those are some great tips for um making your vi- live video stream or even your video that you're recording making it stick more because you're talking to a specific person and that's like a conversation that you're having yes love, love it now you talk about the mo- three most important seconds in a video and yeah. how most people are wasting it can you tell us about yeah. what those three seconds are and how people are wasting it and uh, i guess what do we need to do to fix it
1: yeah so That's something I've been noticing a lot on is um, especially working with my clients is they don't understand the importance of the first three seconds. So I actually did research on that and I found out that a goldfish has attention span of nine seconds. And actually most people on social media have only attention of three seconds, which is less than goldfish, which is pretty sad, really sad. But if you think about that, you know, what do you need to get them to because they're going like this, right? They're scrolling very fast. And so what are you going to do to get them to stop, stop to consume your content that because if you they don't even stop, then it doesn't matter how great everything you can have the best stuff inside. But if they don't stop to watch the first three seconds and get past kind of the the, the, the there's a few hurdles, but the first hurdle, <laughs> you really don't really have much of a hope. And that's one of the complaints a lot of my audience says is like, nobody watches my stuff. How come I have no views? Why does nobody seem to be interested? And it's because they don't focus, really focus on the hook. So when I write my live streams, yes, I write out really good content. I'm going to share good stuff with you. But I only, to be honest, only spend about 20% of the time Drafting out those bullet points and I, you know, on very quick rehearsal, but the hook, I'll spend 80% of my time. I'll spend an hour on the hook if I need, because if I can hook you in the first three seconds, then I have a very high hope of high views and more views, more engagement means more shares. And then, you know, the, the ball is rolling
0: love it so the first three seconds are the most important time in in a video so you hook the audience what are your tips for what do we need to do in those three seconds because that that's not a lot of time like you have to be very i think strategic about what you say to keep people and have them interested in what's coming so that they would actually um, stick around
1: yeah exactly well the first thing is Don't start the three seconds with your name and what you do, (laughs) because that's not a hook. Yes, you're going to say who you are and what you're doing, but it's much better to open the first three seconds with um, a statement that can be somewhat contrarian maybe to their uh, thinking. It could be uh, a question, could be a statistical, statistical fact, so it has to be something that uh, essentially when they see it or when they stop it, they, they're they asking themselves, well, what's the next thing, right? They're, they're thinking, oh, well, what what's she going to... And then I don't, of course, disclose that. Then I say, hey, then my, here's my name. And then I kind of get on with the little intro and then move on to the body after. So you never want to give away what is it. So like Mustafa did in this one, how to be confident on video. He doesn't say how you could say, you can be confident in video by using, you know, then he gave it away. Then what's the, why would you want to stop? But he didn't Mm -hmm. give it, don't know. And so you got to come and see it. So he hooked you that way by essentially opening the question for you.
0: Absolutely. Um, That's something I learned. I don't know from who recently, and the past couple of months, I started doing that. Uh, before that, I used to do the intro. Hi, my name is this and that. And this show is about this and that, which nobody nobody cares about. They don't care about my name, right? And what the name of the show is and how amazing the show is. But like you say, if we do the hook in the beginning, look, like, during this show, here's what you're going to learn. they would be like, oh, okay, I want to learn that. Versus my name is Mustafa and I'm the most amazing person on earth. And you should just stick around and watch my face blob for an hour they will be out before they even start. Yeah. I really like that tip. Uh, Yes.
1: And hmm. that also comes back to the audience. If you think about it, it comes back to you talking to that person, right? If you wrote your content for that person, you wouldn't probably start with your name, right? (laughs) If they're asking you a question across the coffee table, like, how do I get more people to watch my video? You're not going to start. Oh, well, yeah, my name's... (laughs) So to say, well, you know, what what are you having problems with? Are you trying this? Is this not working? You know, you would kind of try to tease out of them what is the issue. And those are also really great hooks.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we touched on this already a little bit, but uh, some people have this fear of messing things up. Some people have a fear of how they look, their voice, how they sound, their hair, and, and, and the whole bun- a whole bunch of things. What's the best way to help these people overcome those fears and do it anyway?
1: Okay, that one is a good one. Very hard hard question, actually. I mean, it comes down to confidence again. And for me, the confidence really built um, by doing a lot of solo live streams. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the ways I did is I blitzed for 45 days straight. Uh, not on the weekends but five live streams a day I just churned it out no matter what and I did for six weeks at the end of six weeks you really are kind of like grooving you got more confidence you you know get to practice a few skills and I find it's it's more you do is the way to really get confidence in video and for me live stream has this um innate accountability built in in that with the video on youtube i'm the one who gets to push publish whereas here people see if i don't go live so that you know because you scheduled it um and if you're late and it actually shows up that you was cancelled or something I like, saying mustafa so is
0: late people <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that also builds it like i gotta be there i gotta do it i gotta publish i gotta kick it out instead of always kind of hiding in the background
0: Absolutely. Um here here's what I tell people when I encourage them to go live or do video. And that is if people are concerned about how they sound and they look, I tell them, "Look, that is how you look. That is how you sound, and people see you all day long. It's not like you're like you're not it's not like people are seeing you for the first time. That's how you've been sounding for the past couple of years." <laughs> this is how you look so what are you hiding for right go out there so and i think there is that fear of being on the spotlight and people seeing them now all of a sudden i'm visible and Mm -hmm. i'm like you're visible all day long people see you i mean now we've been hiding in our basement for a couple of years but people see you when you go shopping people see you that's how you look Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> by hiding it and not going online, you, you would only hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And oh, and th- there's <laughs> always that fear, and every everyone has that fear, right?
1: Yes. And
0: in, I like if you watch or listen to my first episodes, they were terrible. <sighs> like after you do it a few times, it becomes a smoother. It, you become more relaxed. You learn how to do it. You learn how to manage it. And one thing we've been doing is I've, I've been reading the scripts of our show. And it's actually helping me improve my speech. Hmm. There are some words that I say. There are some things that I do and say repeatedly that I, when I read it, I'm like, really? I say that? <laughs> <laughs> So that also, there's also, what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of, there's a lot of improvement opportunities that if you don't do it, you're not going to get it. And Uh people even, even, um, people even give me feedback saying, you have improved a lot. I'm like, all right, that's great. Because that shows up elsewhere in life and business as well. Mm-hmm.
1: But What's I mean, every, everybody starts, we all start at the beginning, every famous YouTuber, if you follow, so I follow some really amazing, if you go back to their, you can do a search and find their first videos, they will be terrible, you know, bad, messy background, because everybody starts really at the same place. And mm-hmm. so, um, but if you just keep showing up, like you said, then you're going to have... Result over time, and you don't go from zero to where we're at now with one stream,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And and one thing you mentioned you did you said you did for 50 or 45 solo episodes in um, 75,
1: yeah. Well, 75 the last time I counted. Um, I'm hoping to, I'm probably gonna blitz because I did that blitz, that's why I did so many streams. I'll blitz again in January. Well, to probably do 30 days straight again. Um, it's just when it blitz that I, the day. but I usually stream at least twice a week, sometimes three times a week. Um, that's yeah.
0: the volume I stream. Yeah. And, and, and I think when you do an interview, it might be a little easier than when you're doing solo. So that might be a, maybe a good way to break in and become more confident.
1: Yes, it it is a good way. Um, and then of course the excuses again, coming up. Uh, who wants to be in my show? I don't have yeah. anybody to interview. So, you know, it's always another hurdle and you can come up with every excuse to stop yourself. Absolutely. Really.
0: Love it. Love it. So what do you figure would be the best way to get people to actually stop and watch a video when they're scrolling on social media?
1: Well, the best one is the hook. So the, the hook, has to be of of course in the video, but it has to be also written in the subject or the main, you know, the main line. That's the main way to get people to stop. The other way is you've got it going on as well, some branding. Um and I'm using StreamYard too. and I have like a full frame branding. And that also is just people if they see that branding, you know, they recognize brands. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a famous brand, but that's also what a lot of my audience says, like, how come I see you everywhere? Because we don't know when they're going to see that video. And if I'm pumping out five to six videos a week, I'm kind of saturating their feed, to be honest. And then over time, they're like, how come this person keeps <laughs> showing up on <online>? my, <laughs> maybe I'll look at this. You know? So yeah. branding helps to get people to stop as well, because they recognize um, not only the face, but the color scheme and, and what you have going on there.
0: Love it. One thing that I just got that we're going to do moving on from our next show is we're going to put what they're going to get out of this episode at the very top of the show description. Mm-hmm. And then so they would see, they'd be like, all right, I want that. Because mm-hmm. right now we say, join me and X to learn about this. But that could be richer if we say, here are yeah. five things that you're going to get out of joining us. Yes. And then. They're a lot more likely to join you. Yeah,
1: more yeah. Than. Although it's harder, I guess, for you because you have the interview. And when I do interviews, it's a tougher because I don't know sometimes what they're gonna say. Uh, <laughs> I do very ran- random, unscripted, more uh, like I don't even ask que- ask the questions in advance. I-, I told I have a wheel of random questions, and they just get whatever the wheel gives them. So, <laughs> yeah. so,
0: so we. Uh, hmm, I I like this. The spontaneous nature of the live
1: interview—that—that's
0: mm-hmm. um uh, that, that's what I like about it. Like, you—I don't know what you're going to give me as an answer, yeah. and then I guess I'm, I've had to learn how to manage and handle and how to ask follow-up questions and dig deep, and which—which which is a skill that I that I enjoy. That allows me to connect with my audience. That's another thing that I've learned over the past couple of years.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. I like it when the interviews are not fully like you can it's ask some proper questions. It, it would sound boring. Yeah, I've been to some where they really asked exactly what I said they never deviated, no follow-up. I was just like, oh wait, it's almost as almost the same as being scripted in a way. but it's that yeah,
0: it's like I'm falling asleep here, buddy. <laughs> 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 Good. Yeah, I, and I think there is that learning curve and then that, that getting used to process yes. where in the beginning maybe you're not comfortable going live either solo or with someone else mm-hmm. but then as you develop uh, your skills and your confidence then you could do more and more and add more into it mm-hmm. yeah have you had uh that experience as well like obviously you you're you you have improved in uh, I guess, multiple ways. Oh, uh, what do you mean exactly? Sorry. Like in, in, improving your skills when you go live, as you do it, then you develop your skill and confidence. Yes. In different areas. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's certain initial hurdles you got to get over, like talking to the cam and then, you know, having your rehearsal points, you know, and, and then now I'm weirdly like, I didn't want to like do long form blog posting because I didn't, you know, I thought I wasn't a good copywriter. And now that I'm doing more videos, I've actually went back to like try to learn copywriting so I can have better videos. So it was kind of funny that it looped, looped that way. But if it just had to do blog posts and get do copywriting, it was like, ah, no, thank you. That's not for me. So, um, I'm always trying to of course improve like hooks, improve the copy improve even the structure and how I do the live streams, I'll experiment, try different things.
0: Absolutely. So for people that are planning to do solos and, and, or they want to come up with different topics, there could be the objection that I'm not creative all the time. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. How can I make the content when I'm not feeling creative or I'm not feeling inspired to go out there and, and, you know, inspire my audience. How do we go about that?
1: Yeah, I a that's like (laughs) people ask me that first of all, if you already are creating some kind of content, short form, even short form posts, uh, original content talking about, um, you probably have a lot that you can actually use as a jumping point for video. You don't have to reinvent all the content again use what you already got as a starting point. Um, I actually get a lot of ideas from my audience who gives me feedback. Um, and so that's how I end up with with a huge list of um, content that to be honest, I don't know if <laughs> in my lifetime I'll get through it because there's more stuff always coming in and there's always, to say the same, like this one show, how to be confident on video is a huge, huge topic And I I don't know, for me, I could splice this up at least 20 different (laughs) ways and get like really into the, I don't know, like uh, the granular like hooks. I did a one live stream on just really like the step-by-step in-depth process of how my thinking is and how I brainstorm a write of hooks. And I talked for 15, 20 minutes on that one thing alone. Um, And so I think you can't run out if you really get deep into something, you know? And I think your audience likes that because a lot of people give very high level stuff. And if you give literally the how to, it's like, you know, you're not only showing your expertise, but people feel they got the value out of it because they can do it. I mean,
0: right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think if, if you're, you could even break it up into multiple episodes. Like oh, if yeah. you're going to go really deep into how to become confident on video, you could do 20 episodes on that and cover Mm -hmm. 20 different questions and different, 20 different aspects of it. And so that you don't run out of content.
1: Oh, easily. And every, every single aspect, there's many angles to it as well. Like people don't think about that, but they can take different angles for, so you could say, if I did the hooks again, right? So I showed you how to do it step-by-step, then I can do uh, uh, showing, showcasing three of the best uh, copywriters, how they do hooks, what, what converse, you know? showing my top converting hooks of the last six months. Like all of those are spins on the exact same topic, Mm -hmm. right? And so now you have this infinite, you can't say you run out because like I said, once you start spinning it like that, you will have more than you will ever be able to probably produce um, in terms of time, original content anyways. It's quite a lot.
0: Absolutely. And and I think just like you said, you could have a couple of dozen different titles for the same content and and looking at looking at it from different different angles like you said Mm -hmm. yes yeah and that that's easy to do Mm -hmm. because you can even google it i guess and get some suggestions from google on different topics
1: yeah well you start typing right what do they give you the things everybody's asking and you
0: know start with those 10 Absolutely. Everybody's asking <laughs> yeah look I've, I've i've done this where i go on google and i do a search about let's say i put the um uh, the word say digital marketing or how to le- how to do marketing on linkedin oh. then google will show you uh, there's a couple of sections that they, they say people also search for these yeah. other terms and there's like those are some content and Um, I think video ideas or even blog ideas.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't have to even come up with it yourself. And in a way, I think it's good to, I use the Google that what you've done, that gets kind of whatever tip or hack Um, because you got to answer the questions that people are looking for. Um, Of course, you can, you want to have your original creative take on stuff. I'm not saying you shouldn't but answering the questions that people are actually searching for means more people are going to find your content and going to find you.
0: Absolutely. So even, even for this, this live, the title we could have the three seconds that people are wasting on live streams, how to be confident on video, how to mm-hmm. set up uh, live streaming on LinkedIn, how to go mm-hmm. live on Facebook, and we talked about so many different things that we could repurpose this content, like <laughs> probably for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. There's, this is a 45 minute show. Uh, I can repurpose a, a 10 minute stream into three, at least uh, no more than that. Three short posts and then three vi- short videos and then uh, one long form. So it's like 10 minutes. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I don't
1: like, about that.
0: Yeah, if you if you record a 10 minute, 20 minute video, if you do 1 minute snippets and post it on all of our social media, then you could just do one and then you have content for like 20 days. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I know. There was know. that. There was that software called Lately. It's an AI machine that automatically chops up your written video or audio content and repurposes your content posts it all over social media Have you it's tried actually that? pretty good it's called lately
1: did you try the ai how how
0: smart it's actually it? pretty accurate and it's really good I've, it's I've, I've, i know guys right? like gary gary v and a bunch of other people use it
1: uh okay well another a few two other friends oh no three of my friends purchased some kind of AI writing, content writing thing. And I was like, oh, come on, how can it really? And they like, showed me their posts, and, and they bought another one that does, makes your video even. I was like, it's kind yeah. of disturbing to be honest. <laughs> so if you Absolutely. use AI tools, it's a bit shocking, eh? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I actually recently um, uh, tested an AI machine called Quilt or Q something. Mm-hmm. Qu- quillbot and it rewrites your content repurposes your written content it's amazing like if you have a post and you know this is doing really well you could put it in there it would rewrite it and repost it again with the same maybe different title oh uh, yeah same yeah. topic it's amazing mm-hmm. ai is doing really good
1: <laughs> now it is I-, I mean just a few years ago it was like
0: yeah, it was, well, it was just beginning a few years ago. Yeah,
1: so. But now I'm pretty surprised how much it's um, evolved.
0: Absolutely. So, Charlene, please tell us about your gift.
1: Um my gift. Well, this time it's not really, well, it's a gift as well in, in a sense. It's um, my live event, happens to be a Zoom virtual event, an interactive panel of eight experts plus myself who are going to help you to get more people to show up for your workshops, master classes, live streams, other virtual events, trainings, courses, everybody needs to try to get more people in there. And these eight marketing experts have all had successful multiple launches, um, successful launches, um, and they've all done multiple launches and they are gonna be there live, not in a stream. So you can actually come to this mic, Open the, we're gonna open the floor and you can ask your questions directly to the panel of eight experts, so I invite you to come and be a part of that um, event. It's happening at the end of this month on October 27th. And if you can't show up live, don't worry; I will send you the replay. But if you can come live, you get to get the ear of eight, including my nine experts.
0: Love it. Like getting people to show up for virtual events is a is an important topic. I know uh, the show up rates have gone down over the past couple of years. Like in the beginning of COVID, the show show up rates were better, uh-huh. uh, but over time, as 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 it gets saturated and people get tired of the uh, what do they call it, Zoom, uh, what do they call it? Zoom, the Zoom, Zoom, yeah. yeah, and so getting them to sh- actually show up is is an art, and you got to learn how to do it. So. Uh, the link is in the comments and it is in the descriptions of the um the show so go there and tap into eight people's um eight experts wisdom knowledge and expertise on on how to get people to show up and do a proper lunch because it's a, and it's live you can ask questions and and the rest of it that's valuable that's that's a, that's a great gift
1: yes and i hope to see you guys there
0: and i Absolutely. hope we will
1: be coming in drop the secret. I have it three, three times a year and I already have it for 2020 and maybe, maybe he will be there next time. So
0: hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. we'll be happy to. Um, uh, so let me ask you a few personal questions. Okay. All right. What's say what's a new thing that you have tried recently
1: that I have tried recently.
0: Yeah. A new so- thing. It could be even a drink. It could be something big, small, whatever.
1: Something new that I have tried recently. Oh my. Um let me think about this. I might have to
0: pass it. Maybe a, a a new topic. Maybe you ate something, you went somewhere, talked to someone, you did some something out of your comfort zone.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, let me see. Well, the thing is, here here in Germany, it's still very restricted, so I I don't uh, get access to too many things. Uh, So trying something new is not super easy. Uh, One of the things we are going to try very, very soon, which I'm super, super excited, is that uh, at Christmas, we're not really going to probably be able to exit the country. But we want to go on holiday to a tropical place, a tropical island, as you will. And I did not know, but in Berlin, there is a huge hangar, huge. It was for building blimps or something a long time ago that they abandoned and turned it into an, a giant tropical island. <laughs> and we're going to stay there overnight in a tent <laughs> for two days. And we just booked our tickets. And I'm very excited. So we don't fly. We just drive <laughs> over there. <laughs> And stay in this very tropical place in uh, December over the holidays. And that's why I'm so excited to try that's new. All
0: right, cool. Something new coming up. Love it. What are your top two or three favorite books that have made a difference, a massive difference, maybe in your life or in your business?
1: Okay, uh, media books. Uh, let's see. Cashvertising is the newest one I've been reading. It's a copywriting psychology of copywriting book. that I'm really kind of I don't know nerding out on. Uh, what other book is there? There's so many that I have read. Something that
0: you recommend all the time, or something that had a big impact on business or personal?
1: Uh, uh, actually, four hour four hour work week. Even though that is quite old, a lot of people have read that. Um, and what else have I read? I mean, even though it's older, uh, I mean, it's still a really good one. And you can take a lot of lessons from that. And um, actually, the one that kind of inspired me to have the dream originally when I had an offline business, I dreamed of really having a location independent business. Just sounds like so such an amazing dream. And at the time, there was a woman who wrote a book in Vancouver called The Suitcase Entrepreneur. And she was like she kind of outlines how she does it and living the dream. It's not quite as the best as that again. As I said, the moving from offline online is not as direct as people would think. But um that was the one that sort of inspired that and four-hour work week both inspired me to have kind of a location-independent business.
0: Love it. Love it. So cash advertising, four-hour work week, and suitcase entrepreneur. Those are three books that you brought up mm-hmm. now what's one advice that had made a massive change or difference in your life or business
1: uh so this one has come back to me quite a bit was when i first started uh out my business um so i left my um i was a public sector job and i i started my small bookkeeping business then at the time and i had a mentor there who reminded me is like always remember that running a business is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And because I was at the very beginning, like literally first year of my business, like yeah, yeah, buddy, like whatever, <laughs> you know. And now, you know, almost like ten years later, it's like yeah, it's like the longest marathon <laughs> of your life, <laughs> and you really appreciate that every year that kind of goes by at that creating a business startup or physical it's a marathon and it's not, a, not a sprint.
0: <laughs> Love it. So creating a business is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Well, That's we all think one. of it that
1: way, right? We all essentially, when we first start our business, a dream, dream big, we say, Oh, that guy had that big launch. I'm going to have a big launch. And then I'll be, you know, millionaire and hope you're running. That's the sprint mentality. <laughs> it almost never happens that way as you probably oh, yeah.
0: know as well. Love it. It always takes time to build up and it's not an overnight thing.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. What advice would you give your 20 year old self?
1: Uh, My 20 year old self. Well, i definitely is to um, essentially uh, take action sooner. I wanted to actually, I started pretty, when did I start my business? I think thirties, twenties, I really didn't want to have business, but it's again, it's like this entrepreneur living the dream. Sounds very nice. And it took me like over ten years to finally like kind of work up the nerve to really do anything, even though I had a business degree and I, you know I was educated, I could have done it, but you know I think that just just doing. It, I wish I did it even sooner. Failed sooner, to be honest, because a lot of fails, Um, and then do it again <laughs> as fast as possible. Yeah,
0: were you like waiting for the perfect moment or perfect time to get us started? Part of me was I waiting. Were you waiting for like a perfect idea? Yeah, was the that? perfect idea.
1: The perfect okay. idea. I think a lot of us, like, oh, when I have the perfect product, perfect service, perfect whatever. I mean and <laughs> yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Charlene, if you had a Facebook or, or a Google ad, a digital mm-hmm. ad that everyone on, on the planet could see, what would your message be for people of Earth?
1: uh business-wise or just
0: uh, you decide you have one message everybody could see what would it be
1: um one message that they could see would be uh just yeah start doing the thing you love do it do do it right away don't procrastinate delay you know make every excuse take the action to move towards whatever your dream is.
0: Absolutely. That's that's perfectly said. Like taking wait waiting and procrastinating doesn't really add any value or doesn't make the idea better or worse. Just do (laughs) it. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Love it. Charlene, this has been an amazing conversation and the topic of becoming more confident on video and on a live stream and live video is really essential. I know a lot of people are struggling with it. Is there anything that uh, you wanted to talk about or share, but we didn't get a chance to?
1: Hmm. Oh man, there's so many things to still talk about live streaming. Um, A lot of people ask me for a framework. I can give a really quick framework that I use. for pretty much for my solo for my solo ones. Uh, and it's just actually three parts. I actually start with a story because stories are a lot more engaging than you blabbing on about yourself. So story that's gonna relate to the topic that you're gonna talk about. Then I do a uh, lesson. So that's usually the body of the content. That's usually where people over teach and it gets kind of dry. So try to do it short, but give the content and then give an example how to actually use the thing use that usually ties into the story and to the lesson and that is a very engaging framework that is very simple and works quite well for um solo videos
0: beautiful beautiful that's a good so starting with a story did i get that right
1: yes a not a random story (laughs) story that ties into related story (laughs) a story a personal story people want to get to know you and we love love stories and stories hooks people on a level that you, I mean, if I just started talking about need a lapel mic or have a car, right? that's, that's nice. You need that, but that isn't going to probably hook you to watch me in the first, you know, uh minute or so of my video. That's, <laughs> it's pretty dry. Absolutely,
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and stories are a lot more engaging than the how to knowledge and five ways to do this and 12 ways to do that. And, you can still know.
1: have the. I still do the three ways, to whatever, but that doesn't come till later, right? I always yeah. put that into the middle, yeah. which is that. But most people start with that. And that is honestly, and, you know, you got this opportunity to be live, to be authentic, to have a personal connection. And that's why people say they feel they know me because they get to see a personal side of me. They get to see, you know, the story brings out uh, you as a person much more than You're much more than just your content, Mustafa. I'm pretty certain than his next tip. I'm not saying he doesn't have good tips, but he's a lot more than just his next, you know, digital marketing tip.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, when I I said that, I meant like in the beginning, like to connect with people about if you have a story behind a four-step process, it's a lot easier to grasp it, digest it, take it and be Uh engaged and, and, uh, you know, take action on it versus... Here is four steps to go live on LinkedIn.
1: Yes. For example, right? Exactly. Yeah. So
0: love it, love it. Start with stories, and mm-hmm. then share your solution, so mm-hmm. that there's that connection there. Yeah,
1: exactly. Beautiful,
0: beautiful. All right, um, gang. Thank you for joining us. Uh, go grab and attend uh, Charlene's uh, upcoming event: How to get more people to show up to your virtual event. Uh, if you run a coaching business, if you run any type of business. Uh, most events are are virtual we're still not out of COVID, and now that i think a lot of people have learned to do virtual events i think a lot of them are actually going to stick to virtual events yeah they're like oh it's easy i don't have to leave my house i don't have to pay for a venue it's cheaper more profitable and rest of it obviously it's not face to face but it's going to be there and it's not going anywhere so uh, the link is in the comments it is in the descriptions go grab the um link and join them live ask your questions and uh if you search for charlene and if you wanted to tap into her wisdom she you can find her on linkedin that's Mm -hmm. her sweet spot that's where she hangs out and uh, you can even watch her live videos on linkedin and um as you can see she does have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to going live and engaging people and and uh, becoming confident on video so Uh, Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, put them in the comments. Make sure to like and subscribe to the uh, video, whichever channel you're watching. And I look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Bye now. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.